Hello, friends. This is Derek Kistner, founder and executive director of the Greater Peoria House of Prayer. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this podcast. Whether you're hearing from me, my wife Mandy, or a trusted leader, it's my hope that it would serve you well in your walk with Jesus. Maybe you're listening at home here in central Illinois, maybe in your vehicle, or even somewhere on the other side of the world. However you're tuning in or wherever you are, it's my prayer that what you hear helps you to love God, His Word, His Spirit, His Church, and the people you interact with each and every day. Thanks again for listening, and may the grace of God fill your heart as you listen to the following message. Lord, we're just so grateful uh, to be gathered. Lord, I love your word. I love the freedom it brings to our heart. Uh, I love just the peace that comes from hearing your word and sharing your word, God. So just illuminate your word tonight and inspire our hearts to continue to be the intercessors that you've called us to be as a community and as a citywide church and as a global church. Help us to be praying saints, praying believers in the name of Jesus. We look to you for strength tonight. Amen. Amen. Again, this is the rigor and reward of the intercessor. It's kind of a unique title, but I I am just feeling lately the importance of just acknowledging there is a dimension of prayer. Once you do it year after year, day after day, it, it can just tax the soul. And so I just wanted to talk a little bit about that tonight, but then remind mostly myself, because I'm kind of preaching myself, but to encourage any intercessor out there or any person that is that has a heart for prayer, just to be reminded it's so worth it to pray, to keep praying, to lift up those requests. God does hear and he does answer. And, and what I've found having you know been a part of prayer meetings for about 20 years now, we need to be reminded often, we need to be encouraged often that prayer really is a supernatural ministry. God honors it and answers in powerful ways if we stick with it. In the introduction, I have a quote from C.S. Lewis. And he has this well-known, it's such a, it's such a good quote, and I'll just read it. Uh, he says, we are not necessarily doubting that God will do the best for us. We are wondering how painful the best will turn out to be. And I think, man, what a sentence. How, how accurate is that? We really, deep down, I think we believe God has the best for us, but we're kind of like, but how much does it hurt? I mean, how much, how much pain is involved in that, God? I, you know, that's kind of the... And, and so I've had that quote kind of just in the back of my head, you know, just thought of that over the years. And I, and I have this kind of version of it for prayer that I've kind of, you know, over the years just sort of put my own spin on it. But as Christians, and this is kind of my spin on that quote, we're not doubting that God's going to answer our prayers. We're not, I think most Christians, if you gave a poll in the church or here at the house of prayer, we would agree intellectually. Yeah, God answers prayer. I believe he answers my prayers, I think, sort of. 
So we kind of more or less, we're, we're not doubting that he'll answer our prayers. What we're really wondering is how much do I have to pray? Or, or the way I have it written, how much rigor do I have to go through to really get the answer I'm wanting? Or, you know, I could say it even more theologically correct is how much rigor do I have to go through to get God's answer to, you know, what he's wanting to do? That, not just what I want, but what he's wanting. What are we having to go through to get that? I think if we were honest, we sort of wonder, okay, I believe God answers prayer, but how much do I have to pray? How many prayer meetings? How many hours? We kind of think of it in that terms. I do, and I know many, many people are just kind of wondering how hard does it have to be before God just, boom, you know, does it. And so I've, I've this is a little bit, I tried to be a little bit humorous, but this is so real. If you've done prayer meetings for any amount of time, I mean, this is what I have written here. This is, this is it. What we're kind of wondering, again, this is another way to say what I just said. What we're kind of wondering is if leaving work in a hurry, kind of like, you know, <laughs> some of you tonight, leaving work in a hurry, rushing through dinner, maybe getting into an argument with your spouse or child while you're doing that, missing your child's soccer practice or football practice or hockey practice again, coming home exhausted from all that, you know, worried about a deadline at work, you're, how much of that do you have to do to come sit in a chair? You're kind of overwhelmed. <laughs> and you're sort of bothered during the whole prayer meeting. And we're kind of wondering, is that worth doing that over and over and over? Because it's not just a prayer meeting. It's leaving work in a hurry, rushing through dinner, missing the practice, argument with spouse, you know, rushing over here, sitting in a chair. I don't feel good. I miss dinner. I, there's just all that going on. Is it worth it to do that Monday after Monday after Monday, Tuesday after Tuesday, Wednesday after Wednesday, month after month? After, is it worth it? That's what we're really thinking as intercessors. And so I think every once in a while, we just need to acknowledge that. It's really hard to just keep showing up to your quiet time or keep showing up to the prayer meeting or the church service to, to keep doing that. I mean, you're missing things and you're, you know, you're squeezing stuff around in your schedule to make this stuff work. And here's the thing, you leave work and, you know, it's one realm and then you, right, that's a bad word maybe. It's, you, you know, it's one sort of environment at work and then you come into a spiritual environment 10 minutes later and it's like whiplash because you're, you're thinking corporate mindset all day. Then you, you know, oh, I got to get into my kingdom mindset really quick and, and pray with a bunch of people who, you know, I would never work with <laughs> because they, you know, it's just two different worlds. I've been in both and I respect both, but it's just there is like a, it's taxing. It's like, oh, wow, okay. Let me just step back for a moment after having said that because some people will think, well, what's an intercessor? Am I an intercessor? Are you an intercessor? What, what's the definition? And there's, there's really not a definition. But I just, I just wrote some words to kind of help. 
First of all, Matthew 6, 5, Jesus calls everyone to prayer. Jesus invites every single follower of Christ. When he's laying out the Beatitudes and he's teaching the Sermon on the Mount, he throws out in Matthew 6, 5, he says, he says, when you guys pray, make sure you don't do what the hypocrites are doing and make sure you do this and not do that. And, he, and he's assuming we will be praying. And when you guys are praying is assuming we'll be praying. But many believers don't take Jesus up on that and so they don't develop the closeness they could have. But he throws it out there. I mean, he, he basically says, hey guys, you should be doing this. Um, and then he gives some guidance on that. But those who do say, Jesus, I, I really want to take that serious. I, w- I want to do the prayer thing because it's kind of like, I look at it, I, I use this analogy constantly. If you get married, which praise the Lord, we've got one coming up here, you, you're going to talk to your spouse frequently. That's just normal marriage. If you don't talk to your spouse, it's just weird. It's like, why, why you got married, why wouldn't you... And so if we're saved and in a relationship with God, we would definitely want to talk to him. That's what prayer is. And so Jesus is like, okay, I'm assuming you're going to be praying. And if you, if you, you, know, if you take that serious, you know, do this, don't do that. But some don't, and so this doesn't really apply to them. And I'm not trying to condemn them, but I would say it's so important to get a prayer life. It's, uh, it's what's... It's, it's where we experience the fullness of our relationship with God in Christ is we talk to him and he talks to us mainly through scripture. Those who do say, you know what, I, I'm in, I want to pray. I wanna, I'm not good at it, but I'll do it. That's an intercessor. It's someone who's like, you know what, I'm in. I'm, I'm the prayer person. I like that. That's, that's to me, you know, and so these kinds of Christians, they have a heightened motivation to pray. They like to pray privately or corporately or traveling in their car or while reading or watching TV. They're just always, they're kind of, they're not trying, but it just kind of comes out of them. They see a billboard, oh, that reminds me of this thing, and I'm going to pray for that real quick, and then 10 seconds, and that's, that's it. But an intercessor, you know, you don't begin as like Jesus on the mountain all night. You don't, no one starts there. We start with like, ah, kind of like going to prayer meetings and, and I'm not good at it, but I do it. And yeah, I like quiet times too. I feel close to God. And oh, I saw a license plate. It said Jimmy and it reminded me of my friend Jimmy. So I prayed for Jimmy. Like it, we grow where we begin to see the world as an opportunity to pray. And we're just constantly reminded. An evangelist would tell you, everywhere I look, I see souls. And a pastor would say, you know, everywhere I look, I see someone that needs a pastor. You know, and so we all have our motivations, but there's kind of like, I would say the, the motivation to intercede is woven into every gift. It's kind of just like, I have written here, sort of like a muscle that no matter what you're called to, you just feel a heart to pray for people or situations and the more, kind of like doing curls or squats or bench press, the more you work out that muscle, the stronger it gets, and the more you're motivated to, to continue using that spiritual muscle. One thing I do want to say uh, for those on the you know, Facebook Live or hearing this on the recording or in the room is I, I try to steer people away from viewing intercessor or prayer warrior as some special elite calling 
for like 1% of the 1%. Every believer is called to pray. And every believer is called to intercede. And so we can't, I don't want to give anybody the impression that it's like, okay, but if you're really special, then you can be an intercessor. No, we're all called to, to lift our voice to the Lord and say, God, save that person or move in that city or you know, end the oppression over there. We're all called to do that. And here's the thing, because of the blood of Jesus, we're all on even terms. And so the most mature, seasoned intercessor or the person who just got saved they have the same authority in heaven. I mean, I'm not waiting one day. I mean, I want to I continue to mature in my heart and my life, and I want to become closer and closer friends with Jesus, but the person who just got saved an hour ago has as much access to God as the Apostle Paul did. And so don't think like, yeah, I get prayer and intercession, but, but me, you know, does God really listen to me? You know, he really listens to you because the blood of Jesus has covered your sins. And you're just as much a son or a daughter as any other believer that's ever lived. And so you're not second class. Never view yourself that way. Well, you don't know my past. Well, God's taken care of your past in Christ. And so I'm as forgiven as Paul and John and Peter, and you are too. So don't, some people make intercession like this elite, super duper, like mega forces in the spiritual army no, you're in. You've been signed up since you got saved. Anyway, so an intercessor, it's just someone who's motivated to pray. And again, if you don't have that motivation, just start working on it a little bit every day. And we exist as a ministry to kind of help just kind of say like, hey, work that muscle a little bit. And it'll get stronger and you'll see answers to prayer. Okay, let me go back. So I started off with a little bit on the rigor. Now I defined what an intercessor is. Let me just say one more. This is kind of the opposite part of the rigor. So there's this rigor of just even getting to the prayer meeting. And now let's say you're at the prayer meeting. So I'm picking up where I left off in the intro. Again, as intercessors, we're wondering, is it really worth it to come on a Sunday night or a Tuesday, or a Thursday, or whatever night, or whatever morning. We've done morning, afternoon, evening, all kinds of different things over the years. Is it really worth it to come sit in a chair, and then someone's groaning over here. Oh, that's weird. And then I'm trying to say a prayer, but, you know, someone interrupted me, because they always interrupt people when I'm trying to pray, and they always pray too loud and too much, and so you're sitting there. They interrupted, so you don't say a prayer. And you realize, I haven't really even thought today. I've been so busy working. I actually, this is the first time I've had to think. And oh my goodness, I forgot to pay my mortgage. Oh my gosh, it's my best friend's birthday. Oh my goodness, what am I doing? And so now you're in a prayer meeting. You've struggled to get there. And you're agitated by the person groaning, interrupting you. And now your mortgage is past due and you don't have, you haven't even acknowledged it's your best friend's birthday. This is what really happens. This isn't just you, it's everybody thinks this. This is, I've done this for 20 years. People experience, they start going to prayer meetings for, for a while and they start, this, they start experiencing this and they think I'm the most unspiritual person that's ever lived apparently. 
because I'm thinking these things during the prayer meeting. And Jesus goes, this is what everybody's thinking. It feels so unspiritual. And so we begin to conclude it must not work. I thought like in the Bible it was powerful. It felt like that for them too. When we read the book of Acts, when they gather, I mean, I just think no air conditioning, small windows, ancient Middle East, it probably had a great odor. It it probably had a, a, let's just say Americans wouldn't have made it very long there. Children crying. That's the prayer meeting the Holy Spirit broke into. And the church began to explode in the book of Acts. Acts chapter 1 and 2, we kind of glamorize everything in the Bible. We glamorize those prayer meetings. No live music. No streaming music. No electricity at all. No internal plumbing. I mean, just there's no props at all. And somehow the Holy Spirit broke in. I thought we needed smoke and music and this and that. No, apparently not. Apparently, we're so wise, we need all of the, you know, smoke and mirrors and the Holy Spirit doesn't show up. So I'm just trying to say to anybody listening, it feels so unspiritual to do the most spiritual thing in the world, which is pray. It feels that unspiritual. And so whenever you're praying and you're feeling that or you're in a prayer meeting and it just feels dead, always remember... Your feelings do not dictate how effective something is. I could be tired. I could have not eaten. I could have gotten an argument with one of my children or my spouse. None of that matters. Because that prayer meeting, Jesus said, when two or three gather, I'm there. I'm going to honor that. That applies despite what we feel. Let me just go share a little bit more here. So, so you're trying to be devoted to the Lord. You're feeling bad. You're overwhelmed more because now you need to get a card for your best friend on the way home from the prayer meeting because the prayer meeting, as usual, went longer than it was supposed to. So you slip out while the pastor's talking. And you know, because we intercessors are so good at being judgmental, we have to try to slip out without anybody seeing us so we don't get judged. Oh, there goes Bill, is so unspiritual, left early again, you know. It happens. So you're trying to do all of this. You're trying to slip into Walgreens to get a card within the 10-minute window you have before they close. Again, this is how it really feels. I have been to dozens and dozens of prayer meetings where I felt that way. And I know many other believers have been to dozens and dozens and dozens of prayer meetings where they felt that way. And there's just, there's just, uh, there's a need to acknowledge that that is normal. Um, I've worked in the corporate world. I've worked full-time. I mean, I've worked full-time in the ministry world. I've worked in both worlds. And I get leaving work under a deadline to go to a prayer meeting, to be worried the whole time. But I'm supposed to be there at prayer meeting. And I know revival, it's going to come if we pray. I got to get back to work. I've done that so many times and it's so worth it, but it feels so taxing. And so you just got to get used to it, I guess is the way to say it. Now, let me just throw a bonus onto that. You ready for the bonus? I know you came here for the bonus. 
The bonus is, is that whenever it's prayer meeting night or the night you've committed to go, and I would encourage you wherever you live in the world, if you live here in town or you live in some other state, because you may be in another state, Sabrina, or you live somewhere else, I won't say, um, wherever country you live, whatever city or state you live, go to a regular prayer meeting and just commit to it and just do it. And God will show up more often than not. But when you have it on your schedule and you're truly committed and you're going no matter what, there will be so many things that come up on that day. Always. Always and forever, there will be things that come up. They always seem natural. They always seem circumstantial. But something will for sure come up almost every time you're committed to that prayer meeting. And you just have to get used to it being like that. And you just got to say, you know what, I, 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 I got to go to this other commitment. Well, what is that commitment? We need you here. It's just another commitment. I got to go. And you just got to get used to, you know it's serious. And so you kind of help other people understand, look, I have this other commitment. I got to be, a, I can't do that over there. Or else you'll never be at a prayer meeting. I've watched for 20 years no one ever intends to stop going to prayer meetings, but it just happens circumstantially. It snowed too much that one time. It snowed again that time. And then there was a bunch of rain the next time. And then there was too sunny the next time. I mean, there's just so many things that come up. And then you haven't been in six months, so why even bother? It happens. And so we just have to be committed. Now, again, you, you don't, you know, you always want to be smart and prudent and all those things so i'm being a little bit silly but stuff comes up and you just have to understand it's going to come up it's kind of like the the joke is any any time you ever say i'm going to go fast on x day well guess what's going to happen on x day someone's bringing treats to the office actually two people are bringing treats to the office and not only are there two people bringing treats to the office 30 people are going to ask you, why are you having treats? We're all having treats. Uh, uh, <laughs> just always happens. So just understand, it's interesting being someone who prays because you're just going to face these things. And so just be used to it. Now, here's the other thing. I'm going to throw the added bonus. I call this the fiery presence of God. So there's a rigor, then there's bonus rigor, and then there's God. Here's, the, here's kind of the, I, what, what, the, the Trump card. No reference to our president, our former president. <laughs> the fiery presence of God. So you're, it's hard to get to the prayer meeting. And then there's all these circumstantial things that try to interfere with the prayer meeting. And then you get to the prayer meeting, God's there. Oh, I mean, it's good. I mean, but is it good? Because <laughs> every time I go to the prayer meeting, I feel like my flesh is getting stirred up. And I got, like, he's trying to deal with me. And I don't like it. And every time I go to that prayer meeting, I just feel these emotions that I don't like coming up. And it's just, I don't like it, so I'm not going to go next time. But maybe every time after that. So here's, here's another thing I've learned after 20 years of prayer meetings. God's there. God's really there. And what happens when you... It's like saying, when I go to the swimming pool, the sun's there. Well, what happens when you go to the swimming pool and the sun's there? Hey, you're going to leave a little darker. We were talking about getting tan earlier. Hey, you go to the swimming pool, the sun's there. And you got to 
you know, put stuff on or you get burnt or you got to get acclimated. When you go get into the presence of the Lord, he surfaces things. He says, I love you. You intercessor are drawing near to me, talking to me at my throne. I want you to know I'm a consuming fire. You coming near to me, that'll change you. I mean, I'm going to stir things up in you because I love you and I want you to be more like Jesus. And so you coming near to my presence and saying, Father, send revival. That's, you're coming close. And so I'm going to change you. And some of it's a little uncomfortable. Those feelings that, that come up, it feels negative, but it's actually you're healing. You're changing. And so some people... I want to be an intercessor. I'm going to do it no matter what. And they get into the prayer meeting. They don't understand how unspiritual it feels. And on top of that, inner healing, stuff from their past starts to kind of squeeze out. I used to, in my earlier corporate days, I would give tours at one of our foundries, uh, Caterpillar Foundry. So I became like an expert on everything that happened in the foundry. This was in Mapleton. And part of the process of making these uh, engine blocks, you know, they had to do all kinds of heating and all this, but at one part of the process of making a, an engine block was they had to get slag out of the molten steel. So someone's job was to put this big old iron rod into this molten metal steel and just turn it and the slag would collect. Because the hotter they cooked that steel, the impurities would rise to the top and they would take the impurities out so that engine block was stronger. And so I would, you know, just part of the job, I would, uh, you know, observe it. And man, that's hard work. By the way, a gallon of steel weighs 100 pounds. And so some guy's job, just to get a little slag, that's 20, 30 pounds. I mean, they're just, the guy's forearms are like as big as my waist. I mean, this dude was... You could run through a brick wall. This guy was tough. But there was just this one dude who would just always be getting that slag out. When we go into the presence of the Lord at a church service or a prayer meeting or a discipleship group, when we call on the name of Jesus, I mean, whatever you call the group, if you begin to pray, Lord, we want you here, we want your presence, he really does show up and the Holy Spirit begins to minister to us. And that means... Our flesh is going to come, it's going to like burn out the impurities. And for some people, that's a good thing. And others say, oh, I can't, I can't handle that. And so they just kind of show up less and less because they, they think the meeting must be broken or that the church must be bad or the leadership must be not so good. Why do I keep feeling negative? And the Lord says, that's me cleaning you up it won't always feel that way but if you let me take you through that process of getting the slag out you'll start to enjoy the meetings church will be a blessing you won't complain about the pastors preaching the whole way home you'll enjoy being convicted because you'll be like wow that spoke to me i really do need to change there praise god and so instead of being mad and offended and negative you start to enjoy being around people who challenge you including god and so there is a rigor. That's my point. Just getting there is hard. Then the meeting itself is hard. And then God's there. I'm mad at God. He, did, he let that happen in my childhood. And then this person did this thing to me. God, you're, why didn't you? I'm supposed to be talking to you, but I don't like you. God goes, let me help you. 
keep coming into my presence, I'll, I'll heal that. But I gotta, I, you know, you, I gotta teach you to forgive. I gotta teach you to let go. I gotta teach you to part with those offenses and receive truth in your mind and heart. And pretty soon, you're gonna like it. And so, again, rigor. And then bonus rigor. And then the fiery presence of God on top of that. If I kind of spook you a little bit. Someone that's first hearing about intercession may not want to be an intercessor hearing this message. But let me just talk about the reward for just one minute. The reward of being an intercessor far outweighs the rigor. To know that you have prayed and to see God break in in a miraculous way. There's nothing like that on planet earth. To know that you've been praying and praying specifically something that no one else could have ever known or prayed and you prayed and you prayed and boom, something happened in that person's life exactly like you prayed. Then you know he's real. And there is no intimacy with God. There is no closeness you feel like when you pray and he answers. There's just nothing like it. It's like you know he's real, but then you know he's real, real. James 5.16. This is what James says. He's talking about Elijah's prayer life. And he says, by the way, guys, you're just like Elijah. Elijah's not different than you. You're just like Elijah. You're both human. He prayed and God answered. You can pray and God will answer. James says, I want to remind you guys. The prayer of a righteous person, I'm going to lose this outer shell here, feeling the, feel the fire. James says, let me remind you, church, the prayer of a righteous person, are you righteous in Christ? You're righteous in Christ. Do we want to also make righteous decisions? Yes. And so there is a there is a, I'm saved, so I'm right with God. But there's also, hey, I, you know, walk right with God now. But James says, you're, you're righteous. You're in Christ. And I want to remind you that, that when you pray, it is powerful. And it is effective. Because it's almost like he knew, because he'd been to some prayer meetings. When you're in prayer, it doesn't feel powerful. Like what we're going to do here in a minute, we're just going to get a circle and pray. It doesn't feel powerful. It feels powerless. It feels ineffective. It feels like, why are we wasting our time? Like, couldn't we just, we could just go outside and talk to people about Jesus and that would be more effective. James says, no, I have to have you understand. What you do when you pray, power of God breaks in. It's effective ministry. But my feelings tell me it's ineffective and powerless. James says, no, no, the truth is it's powerful and effective. Again, our feelings are real, but they're not the ultimate truth. We acknowledge our feelings. God gave us our feelings. They're important. They're a part of the human experience. But they don't dictate the truth of the Bible. And so I could be like, uh, Jesus, please help Sally over there. And then Jesus helped Sally just because I prayed. Don't wait until you're feeling amazing to pray because you'll pray about twice a year. I mean, I got 
I got married and then we accidentally had five kids. <laughs> I know it happens. And I don't feel amazing like ever. Like when I was single and I had no responsibility and I could just go to the park and hang out with people when I wanted, I felt great. And now it's just, you just kind of wake up in the morning and it's like either you're tired or re- you're really tired. There's just no, wow, I'm awesome today. It just, it's just I've died to the fact of that ever happening. And so you don't really ever have a day where you're just like, oh, I bet God's going to hear me today. No, he hears us no matter what we feel, no matter how bad our past was. If we're in Christ, we are the righteousness of God in Christ. And he hears us when we pray. It is powerful. It is effective. I want to share a quick story, just a couple thoughts before I end here. So I have a number of stories that have just so rocked me. I'm so glad I've done House of Prayer for the last seven years. I'm so glad. A couple years ago, I literally started praying this. And I was like, serious. I was like, God, um, okay. I was like getting real with God, okay? And you can do this. You can, you're his son or daughter. I said, God, I, like my job is to pray. So like, can you give me a hint? Like, is this working? Like, do like one minute prayers really work? Uh, or do I have to pray an hour? Or like, well, what, you know, where's the threshold here? Like, you know, I know there's prayer all over the Bible, but like, you know, when I'm driving and I say, Lord, bless my wife, does that do anything? Or like, do I have to do it for 10 minutes or an hour or five hours? Like what, you know? And so I was dead serious about this. I was like, God, and I prayed it many times a day for many weeks. And I said, Lord, what, you know what? I need, I need you to tell me in a way that's unmistakable that little short prayers matter. Like little one minute, two minute, three minute, 10 minute on the phone, two minutes of counseling a person. Like I need to know all that works because if not, this is gonna be hard. You know, I need to know. And I think he honors it when we're gut honest because I don't like the fake stuff. I mean, I want to do hour-long prayer meetings and two-hour prayer meetings and all night, but 95% of my prayer times are like little prayers here and there all throughout the day. And so I just, I mean, this went on for weeks and I would just many times a day, Lord, show me the power of little prayers, one-minute prayers. I said that many times. Would you believe, a few, few weeks go by, we have a Friday night meeting, and we have a meeting where someone shows up to pray for a miracle for their friend. They were dying in the hospital, and they tell me, hey, at the end of the meeting, can we pray? And I'm, sure, sure. And I totally forget, so they have to remind me at the end. And so we literally get in a circle right here, right here, right here on the carpet, and I'm not thinking spiritually at all. I've just preached. It's been a couple hours. I'm just ready to go home and go to bed. And so I'm just, you know, we're in a circle, about three, four people. And we're praying for the person who's standing in for a friend that's dying in the hospital. And they were given, like, no chance to live. And I get prayer requests like that all the time. And so I, I have so many people have died. I'm just like, Lord, I, how do you even pray? But we just pray in faith. And so, you know, I, Lord Jesus, please have mercy. God, break in right now. I pray like that every single time. Then the next person prays, and the next person prays, and then the next person prays. And that's it. We didn't feel anything. We just went home. 
It was like two minutes of prayer. We all prayed for like one minute. Maybe it was four minutes of prayer. I found out two days later that God miraculously intervened that night. And everything that was wrong with this person reversed that night. And a matter of weeks later, they were out of the hospital and still alive to this day. Someone who was given a death sentence. I've never met them. Uh, the person that told me about it, uh, very reputable. So, I mean, they weren't making it up. But something happened that night where this person was, I mean, everything in their body was failing and then everything wasn't failing in, in the course of just the next day. And I was thinking about that. Like, the person contacted me and said, I, I can't even believe this. this is a miracle. Like, everything changed when we prayed. And the Lord like whispered to me in that moment and said, that is your answer. You guys prayed like one minute apiece and I did a miracle. And I want you to know that when you pray those little prayers, I really do hear and I really do answer and sometimes it's miraculously right then. And I was just like, oh, okay, all right, I'm in. I'm gonna pray one minute prayers. <laughs> I'm gonna do it. I wanna exhort you whether you're on Facebook or here in the recording or you're here, don't be afraid. Say, God, make this real to me. Because I asked that a couple years ago, and since then I've prayed tons of one-minute little prayers here and there, and I know every single one of them, it's getting there, and he's, he's doing something with it. Sometimes it's an instant breakthrough. Other times it's like he's waiting on the right time. <laughs> She's like, Dad, be done. How am I doing, Glow? All right, I'll keep going, babe. Some of my favorite people in the whole wide world are intercessors. People who are, they haven't, they just have a desire to pray. But what I've noticed is that we easily get discouraged because it's just so hard. It's so hard to keep showing up at prayer meetings. And we see many people quit. It's so discouraging at times. And I'll say this to be pretty real. I have seen much of the body of Christ that I'm aware of has really stepped back in prayer in the last couple of years. COVID didn't help. And I would think that's a time where we have to press in more. Many people have totally given up. And it's it's discouraging but I know my role is to plant my flag and keep praying and start to call some of those intercessors back into the place of prayer that have given up on it because I know it's powerful I've seen too many crazy things happen too many miracles happen you know from we prayed it one night the next day the person's completely different I've seen that too much to give up, and, and I gotta call people back into it. So if you're hearing this and you're an intercessor and you've kind of wavered in the last season, the Lord's calling you back to your post, wherever it is in the world, once a week, once a day, once a month, whatever your time commitment is between you and the Lord, get back on the wall of intercession and hold the line and get a few people around you, excuse me, but we need each and every believer praying and each and every intercessor 
locked in, whether it's, you know, three people at the prayer meeting or 300 or 3,000, just whatever your community has right now, lock into that and don't be discouraged. Just, I know it's been a hard year and I've seen a lot of people step back from their commitments and their, their you know, it, it's just a, it's a season where I feel like the Lord's stirring our hunger and our thirst again. But we got to be intentional. We, we, we can't just, again, so many things come up and then, oh, oops, I haven't been to a prayer meeting in two years. Well, we got to just start doing it again. And so if you feel like, you know, that's me or whatever, you know, I would just encourage you, we'd love to pray with you. Uh, I mean, if you're hearing this and you want to just connect in prayer, you know, just show up if, if you're local or shoot me an email and we can connect. But man, I need to be encouraged. I want you to be encouraged. And uh, I'm praying about, a, a you know, basically just calling the community to just have like a 40-day sort of let's just all re- just get back in the trenches again for a while and just feel feel what it feels like to just rub elbows in prayer for a while because we just need kind of a jolt again to get through this kind of this funk this I, maybe maybe it's kind of like a covid slumber where we just kind of got used to not going to anything uh i i think we're the lord's just saying let's get back going to stuff let's get back in the prayer gatherings and uh, if your church has a prayer meeting, go to the prayer meeting there. You know, I mean, it's, but many churches don't. And so we'd love to pray with you. You know, uh, prayer is one of those things that's just very humbling. It's taxing. There's a rigor to it. We can't nitpick like, well, I don't like the worship leader on Tuesdays, so I'm going to come on Wednesdays. And oh, I don't like how they pray on Thursdays, so I'm going to come. We just have to get through all that and just say, no matter what, I'm in. I've seen too many people say like, well, what about this? Because then that would get the Lord moving. And then we do, it's like, guys, they didn't have any of that in the book of Acts. None of it. They had a little room that wasn't ventilated, no air conditioner, no lights, no music, no electricity, no bathrooms. And the God of glory broke in by the Holy Spirit. It's not about all the the smoke and mirror stuff that we, I mean, I'm not against that. We just have to be convinced it doesn't add God to a meeting because we do this or that. It's when we gather and pray, Jesus says, I'm there. Amen. So there's a rigor, but there's a reward. And just know that if we keep praying, God will keep answering. Don't give up. Let's go. Amen. Amen. I'll end right there. Father, we just thank you for this time. Lord, I'm asking specifically right now that you would encourage intercessors in our community, in our country, and throughout the earth. I'm asking for a fresh measure of grace to get on the walls of intercession, to get into the place of prayer, groups of twos and threes, twenties and thirties, You know, Lord, when things are fully open, we get back to the hundreds and the thousands again, God. But help us to lock in in this season and pray like never before, Lord. Give us direction and encourage the hearts of prayer warriors. Father, we ask that you would lift off the spirit of heaviness, break off oppression, 
and begin to release intercession like never before in our city and in our country and around the world. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. For more messages like this one, please visit our online teaching library at gphop.org teachings. If you found this free material helpful in your walk with God, please prayerfully consider a generous donation. To give, please visit gphop.org donate. That's gphop.org donate. Thank you and may the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you today.